I grew up in a loving family that took me to church regularly. I was kind of raised in Jesus like a fish in water. I didn't even think about it too much because it was just a given. I got better than I deserved in the early days with safe people that loved me well. I was also a really shy kid. I liked being at home, but being out and about in the world felt really scary to me. I think early on in my school years, I got teased a bit and I learned to manage by staying quiet and flying beneath the radar. If I didn't say much and didn't make waves, I would be able to maintain a sense of being safe and comfortable. And it worked pretty well for me in those early years. Thankfully, I was able to make some friends and find my niche. I think that that quiet inward disposition made me inclined to the spiritual life from a young age. I can remember feeling a longing for God from really early on. But when I went off to college and decided to study ministry um, and moved away from home, that early fly beneath the radar thing kicked into high gear. I really enjoyed my classes, but I stayed to myself a lot of the time. And I experienced this weird dynamic where I felt like I was growing spiritually through study and prayer, but simultaneously I was growing more and more isolated and lonely. And that part of me was not growing. In fact, it was kind of getting unhealthy. You're listening to the In All Podcast. Unpolished stories of hope dealers who share their experience of reliance, recovery, and renewal. These are everyday Houstonians who are a part of Mercy Street, a church community in Houston, Texas. We believe God is in all places and working in all people to create a safe harbor of hope and restoration. Go to inallexperience.org to find your story in all stories and see how we all find God in all our stories. I felt depressed and stuck, and I started to develop some compulsive habits in a lot of areas of my life. I was discouraged and I felt like I could see who I wanted to be and who God made me to be, but I was stuck at the same time, and I was embarrassed to be stuck. I kept trying everything I knew how to get back on track, but I couldn't make it happen. And I remember going to this healing prayer conference. It was kind of a charismatic deal. And I thought, well, this will be interesting. And they opened the conference with an invitation to confession. They read the verse, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. And then they had these prayer ministers on the side ready to hear your confession. And I thought, oh, heck no. I don't know these people. And even if I did, I just do not want to do that. I remembered a different verse that didn't involve confessing to other people. I had had to memorize it when I was little. It said, if you confess your sin, he is willing and able to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And I thought, yeah, I'm gonna go with that one. Forget this confess your sins to one another thing. But I sat and I watched as these people went up for confession and walked away with this sense of lightness and freedom. And I thought about the verse that they said, confess your sins that you may be healed. And I wanted that. I really did already feel forgiven, but it was the healing part that I needed. But I was too embarrassed, so I just sat there. And it was not until the last day of the conference, about three days later, that I finally went up. Everybody else was up there receiving prayer for other things, but I just went to this lady and decided to go for broke. I said, there's stuff I gotta confess, and then I covered my face with my hands and just kinda spewed out all the areas where I was stuck, all the things I felt ashamed about, all the junk. It felt crazy like I was intentionally moving towards the feelings of humiliation that I had carefully tried to avoid all my life. And when I got to the end of my confession, I still had my hands over my face and the lady read my name off my name tag and called me by name until I brought my hands down and looked at her in the eye. She looked right at me and said some very simple words. God knows everything about you and he loves you. 
and it just broke me, and I started to weep. If you had asked me if I believe if I knew God loved me before, I would have told you, of course, I believe that. And I could have quoted you chapter and verse, but there were parts of me that couldn't be healed without an honest spiritual experience with other people. And that was the part I was missing. I couldn't hide and stay safe and heal. The stuff in the dark had to be brought into the light, not just with God, but with people who could love me. And that felt so scary and so life-giving at the same time. I think there's probably still a part of me that's tempted to try to do the spiritual life all by myself, just me and God. But that experience changed me. It oriented me towards an authentic and vulnerable spiritual community and made me realize there really isn't a spiritual life without it. Within the same year, I got a summer job working at a kid's summer camp in uh, the southern border of the third ward of Houston. And they asked all summer staff to move into the neighborhood and we lived in this little church um, that was not a traditional church building, it was this old building that used to be used for drugs and prostitution. Um, but on Sundays, people would walk from nearby apartment complexes and they would worship there. And it was, it was the first time I had seen church really operate like a family um, rather than an institution. And I can remember the first Sunday I was there, um, little kids came up to the front to open the service and started praying. And they were praying for just things that broke my heart. They were praying for moms who were addicted to drugs or brothers who had been shot or just for enough food to get through the week. And my heart was still just so heavy. But soon the room was filled with genuine joy and praise as they sang and clapped and danced. and. I just thought, man, I want to know God like that. I don't know God like that. And so I, I remember praying and just asking God um, to give me a life in that neighborhood. It was kind of like that mountaintop experience you have on a mission trip. And I thought, well, this is in my own city. Why do I have to leave? Why can't I just stick around? Um, so I did. So I, I finished up college, moved back to that neighborhood as quick as I could. And my husband and I started a little nonprofit called Agape Development. Um, yeah, we've kind of been at it ever since. Um, we started out doing helping kids make the jump from youth to adulthood. So when they'd graduate or get their GED, we'd help them get their finances together, figure out a job, get a car. It quickly turned into a residential program where we bought some houses that they could rent out at low cost. Um, but then someone donated a swing set and we put it in the backyard and neighborhood kids started coming around. and so. And we started an after-school program and some summer camps. Um, when those kids got older, they needed some job experience, so we started some snow cone businesses. Um, and then we realized that if any of it was going to stick around, we needed to try to buy up some land for affordable housing so that gentrification didn't push everybody out. So now it's affordable housing. It's small business development for a lot of these kids' parents who had felonies and were chronically unemployed. Um, and still doing the kids program and the young adults, so it's a whole bunch of stuff. I've been drawn to churches and communities that don't hide, places where gut level honesty is practiced and where people can show up even when they're in the midst of struggle. And that is one of the reasons I feel at home at Mercy Street. Thanks for listening. When we gather in homes or coffee shops to listen to the In All podcast, we've saved you a seat. 
Go to inallexperience.org to check out locations for the In All Groups in Houston.